everyone. Welcome to this month's Little Rock Games Game of the Month podcast. This will be the episode for March where we played a little indie game called Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor, which was my pick, which is why I'm doing the introduction. And I'm Olivia, and also here today we have... Tanner. I'm Brad. I'm Joe. And I'm Robbie. Alright, and we're all here. We're ready to talk some games like we've been doing. And as always, if you uh, played along with us for the game last month, feel free to let us know your comments on this or what have you. So, and I guess we'll get started as we at least said that we should do um, (laughs) and talking about what the game is. Um, And I guess I can do that or somebody else can. Go for it. Um, So, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor is just this random game that I came across and thought looked interesting. Um, And it's essentially this game where you are playing as this alien janitor on this alien spaceport. And essentially the whole point of the game is to pay bills. I guess not pay bills. (laughs) Afford to buy food and collect trash and incinerate it and just sort of explore this weird city. And that's sort of what the whole game is, and it's, I mean, that's really, that's about all the mechanics that are there. Um, it's pretty simple, but it has some really interesting stuff going on. So, um, Including a pantheon. Including a pantheon. Very strange <laughs> pantheon. <laughs> yeah, so one of the first things you do in the game is you pick a goddess that you uh, have as, like, your patron goddess that's in your house, and then that's about all that I think Baring has on the game. Gonna, well, I was going to ask, uh, I'm sure we'll get to that. But and the names of the days are tied to the goddesses. True. Very true. At least in There's my... There's shrines all over town. And idols. Idols. Yeah, idol shrines. So yeah. one sort of other major thing that happens in the game... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of... So there's also, there's a dungeon under the game <laughs> that, you, that you're, I guess, meant to explore. And so pretty much right away, the game sort of nudges you to go into the dungeon and then you end up being cursed by the skull. Almost immediately. Almost immediately, yeah. And then sort of the the quest becomes, well, the, ideally, what you would do is then try and figure out how to uh, uncurse yourself. So, so, and the curse... And it yells at you. It, a lot. It's, yeah, yeah, it kind of screams at Basically you. Basically every 20 seconds. Skeletor, yeah. sort of like... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a skeleton, a floating skeleton that follows you around. Um, and it, it, am I remembering this correctly that as long as you were cursed and the skull is there following you, your luck is depletes faster or it's harder to accrue? I don't know if that uh, they were at least explicit about that. I do know that your luck level goes down over time just in general. It might be because of that. I don't know. I didn't play much after the, the end of the game, so I don't really okay. know. I haven't paid attention in my luck going there's, down. There's ever. an end? There is. There is an end. You can get uncursed. Okay. You can. Um, and then he stops yelling at you, and then it's really strange. Does he still he, follow you around? No. Okay, so he just goes away. No. Okay. This is a lot of spoilers. <laughs> oh, I'm, yes. Okay, By the me, way, spoilers. We do not need to give a spoiler warning anymore. If people are listening to That's this true. podcast. That's true, yeah. yeah the game was that. released about 16 months ago, I want to say. Okay. I did not look that up, so now, I'll take now, your word for it. I think the reason that I'm, I, I'm, was, I'm purposefully vague about a lot of these things is because uh, particularly with this game and some with the other games that we've done so far, I tried really hard not to look anything up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I looked up a map because the city's just crazy wonky. It's very deceptive, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we, I'm sure we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> but I, 
I, I stayed out of looking up what luck was for and what which goddess was the best and any yeah. of that kind of stuff. There's a whole lot of hidden mechanics, though, that yeah. if you so, don't look it up, you will have no idea how it works. And oh, even well, looking it up, but yeah. even looking it up, like some of them, like people are like, I don't exactly know. Yeah. Which is interesting, um, and I feel like there might be a reason for like I, I don't feel like that's just them being lazy necessarily. Oh, yeah. So I have like a personal headcanon, because I did try and look some of it up. Cannon? What? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> We're gonna fight over this. Uh, I don't think that like, Tanner luck... is wearing a cannon on his head. <laughs> oh yes, my gosh! Yes. I don't think luck or anything you can't take actually that on does a anything. Campus? Uh, <laughs> In Arkansas, you can, you can. <laughs> with a permit. <laughs> Yes. He's a good guy with a cannon. <laughs> Campuses and churches. You're good to go. Sorry. That's fine. I don't think that luck as a mechanic uh, does as much as they want you to think. I'm not convinced it does anything. Um, because there's a progression to like the things that you pick up, right? There's sort of a game loop of uh, the things that you find as a janitor that you're supposed to be cleaning. You can sell them uh, to people for more money. So sometimes you find rarer things. Uh, I'm skeptical that luck does anything at all. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that might just go up the longer you've played, the better stuff you find. I do definitely feel like I felt like luck was affecting the things I found. Where, like, every time I found something cool, I was like, that has to be because I have 800 luck. But I don't know that it was. Well, I wondered that, too. And I, never, I never got 800 luck. I think I was riding at about 110, maybe. <laughs> I this game a lot, but I was at negative 47. I was at, I was <laughs> at negative best. most of the time. He yeah, got to negative 100 yeah. at one point. But I made I was as at, much money at negative 100. Is I did it over a thousand. Yeah. Well, so, but uh, okay. my the flip of that the, the thing that I was wondering is when you said you found better things when you were uh, when when your luck was higher, you thought that you did. What's a better thing? Are you judging better things by how much money you get for it? Yeah, or? it was just a matter of like experience from going around and seeing how much vendors charge for things and being able to recognize. Okay, this person wants this, and they usually charge 500 credits for it so I can probably sell it for like 100 so this is really really valuable right. so that's what I thought there's also a drug dealer in the game that I just picked up all of the drugs I found and sold it to the drug dealer <laughs> that was my, my go to way to get money in this game was to, to pick up drugs off of the ground and sell them just like life yes nice. just like life um, so I just want to start by saying that the core mechanic of this game triggered uh an anxiety I have generally in video games, which is a, a kind of hoarding anxiety. Oh, yeah. And it was hard for me ever to lose that anxiety, although I did better at it once I figured out that there were only eight spots in my backpack. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was faced with the proposition of either just incinerating stuff or, you know, having problems. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I found it difficult to play because... I'm the guy who brings everything back to my hideout and stores it in a limitless <laughs> yeah, 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 chest yeah. Right. Yeah. because someday that little piece of broken wood might come back to be useful. And so to the idea of picking things up and being like, well, I guess I should destroy this forever, for me was the, both the most interesting and the most difficult part of experiencing the gameplay. Also, I don't know if you guys experience this, but if you pick something up, at least this happened to me. And then you're like, oh, actually, maybe I need to make room for it. It then is gone. Usually if you drop it, it's, you can pick it for some things. Not all things. But yeah. So I things. pick stuff up and I was like, oh, right, my backpack's full. So I would hmm. drop it and then it was gone. 
That happened to me several times, and I was like, oh, my God, now I'm even worse because, yeah, because now I have to already ahead of time be aware of the fact that I'm going to have to, you know. I I got, I I started out with that, a little bit of that anxiety that you're talking about, because especially early in the game, you have no reference for what's important and what's not, and then I started, I started seeing where I could sell things. Um, and, but then I couldn't find the person to sell them to. So we ended up having like a whole bunch of piles of dirt. It was one of the things I collected, but, but then there was this crossover where I was like, oh, I can just incinerate like everything. Yeah, like, that's where I ended up. Like, mm-hmm. yep. I, and, and then I didn't care about any yeah. of it except so, a couple of the things yeah. that I wanted. I love that ex- aspect of this game because it does a whole lot of expectation subversion, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Because I'm the same, like you can ask Tanner, like the, the don't look at my chest in my house in The Witcher 3. I keep, I keep every sword I've ever found yep. that has a special <laughs> name. And I do that no matter what. Like, I collect things in games. Yeah. In Skyrim, I made a mini game out of finding every book in yeah. the game and keeping it in a chest. Mm-hmm. Wait, doesn't everybody do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I first played this game, I was like, this is such an... And they make a... Uh, they do a good job of describing the things in a very succinct way that make them feel like they were at least important to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like you can find like this yep. person's mixtape or a love letter or use condoms. You know, it's just like this huge variety of things vomit, that you yeah. can find. Vo- yeah, lots yep. of vomit. Slime. Uh, especially if you eat trash off the ground like I yeah. did a lot. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, and they purposely are like, no, like this is it for you, mm-hmm. right? Because you're the janitor and yeah. your job is to clean it up. Mm-hmm. Now, they, and you do find some cool stuff that you do get rewarded for keeping if if you can find the right market on the right day and it's just like a risk of and for, I got to the where I the vast majority of things even if I knew they were decently valuable it wasn't worth the time to go find the merchant so I just, just got rid of it so I wondered about that too with like at at, at what point is it um, at what point is it feasible to know where all of the merchants are so that you can collect a certain amount of things. They do move. Like, they change That's thoughts. the other thing. It seemed like they were purposefully putting that... It was more than just it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. It was they were making... They were obfuscating it so much that it was almost impossible or nearly not worth it to, to memorize <clears throat> all of those. There were, like, so, certain merchants that were always in the same place, and they were, like, in different districts, they would tend to have certain merchants. But other than that, yeah, it was it was pretty hard to guess and hope you got it right it's i don't know i i guess because this game is so weird i have such a desire to ascribe just deep meaning to every single thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. and so so part of me feels like it's sort of like intentional like you have this fabulous wonderful space station and a rich like tapestry of a universe there but you, that's not who you are. You're this lowly janitor. So yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, and it seems like really cool, but it, none of it's for you, and everything's confusing. And like the difficulty curve of the game for me was really, really hard. Like I, I couldn't finish it because I didn't want to, um, because it was just like this is just, I don't know, kind of depressing. I guess like there, it does seem like there. It hints at so much. Yeah. But my struggle is just. Like living, like Olivia mentioned, yeah. like eating trash off the ground, like that's a real thing that you end up having to do. And the cops taking half your money, right? And then like like your energy depletes so so quickly. Yeah. It's like how like do I have time to go to all the vendors to figure out which one sells the cheap food today? 
or am I just going to eat this trash that I found on the ground? And a lot of times it's just easier to do that. But then you end up vomiting and then you have to figure out how to fix that. And then now you're out of energy and you got to do it all again the next day. And each time you make just a little bit of money each time, it's yeah. so hard to get ahead in the game. And then on top of that, you have the skull screaming at you every 20 seconds. <laughs> and truthfully speaking, that doesn't even seem like it seems like the least of it. Right. Like, it's the so, screaming skull yeah. is literally yeah, it's, it's the least I think that's the point of exactly. the Ostensibly, it's, it's the main point of the game. And Again, and maybe this is just because of my situation, I just describe this to every narrative in every game ever, but it just seems like that's sort of what it's like to to be struggling to live and have a mental illness. Like, hmm. you have so much to worry about, and then on top of it, you have the screaming skull every 20 seconds. And yeah, you should probably work on it, but it's it's not even that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, I got to, like, the third day, and I basically forgot that it was there. Exactly, yeah. yeah and too. I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be getting this stuff, but, like, I need to go get food. I need to go yeah. get a new gender swatch today. Right. Yeah. Uh, today I've collected all these containers. I have to go give those to container guy. Like, those are my problems. And the other stuff was a back burner thing. Like, I, now I ended up getting to it just because I played it long enough to where I just, just got to it. So, but, because you played all the way through, yeah. you won... Um, which I'm still not quite sure what that entails. But did you ever, did you ever get successful enough and 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 efficient enough and good enough to break out of that cycle of only being a janitor who couldn't access all of this higher level stuff like you were talking about? So do you want me to just like say what happened? Yeah, the let's do it. Yeah, tell all us. Right. Spoil so, it all. Spoil it all over. The epic spoiler. So, <clears throat> and this was really uh, interesting to me because I I had a theory going into the game, playing it for a little while that this is a game about being an NPC, right? In so many ways. Because if you look at the things that you find, you're like, this is a quest listing for adventurers. I'm going to burn it because I'm a janitor. This giant sword of the underworld, I'm going to burn it because I'm a janitor. None of that is for you, right? And you see all these people in the towns, right, walking around that have all these weapons and this gear. There's a character whose name is Level 14 Paladin. Yeah, right. And stuff like that. And so, but that's not... The the prices, too, right? I mean... There's things in the game... So many things are... are Like, I, I was thinking... If I did this a hundred days in a row, I'm never going to be able to afford never. that food. Yeah, like, that piece that, of bread. That, that guy selling. <laughs> yeah, and I love that about it. But um, but going back to the ending, um, what after you get the three parts of this tablet? So the first thing you get told you have to find three parts of this tablet to to get to the next stage or whatever. After you do that, you're supposed to find an adventurer for you to go hire to give this tablet to. To you're essentially you're become a quest giver, right? So you have to find an adventurer, um, and then you have to... And, and there's three different ones that each want different things. Like, one of them just wants a bunch of cash. One of them wants these specific items. Um, and then after you do that, it turns out that giving them this tablet just curses them with the skull instead of you. Uh, so that they have the skull now. Um, but... And, and this is sort of the sad thing. So then you go home, you go to sleep. You wake up, and then the skull comes back to visit you, and he's like, sorry, I've been such a jerk. <laughs> it actually says that. Oh, wow. Um, and then says... That sounds delightful. That's yeah. Point. But um, but I've seen how hard you've been working, and so I've talked to this adventurer, and, and now they want you to come with them on, on their ship and fly off this, this stupid planet. Yeah. And so you can say yes, and if you do, and you go, and you fly off, and then it's like, that was a dream. You're still in your crappy apartment. Oh, damn. That's, that's it. That's still your life. Okay. Not your life hasn't changed. All. Because, you know, you right. wish that you... So, yeah. it, it's sort so of... It's I think sad. we're going to need to insert a 
the next two and a half minutes are (laughs) a massive spoiler. (laughs) Come back in at yeah, yes, we'll do that Mm -hmm. at thirty six oh two for yeah, because that's huge. Yeah, it's it's huge, and I was um, because I was honestly like because this story was about sort of the tedium and you being stuck in the spot and you not being the important character. Mm -hmm. I was sort of hoping it was going to end like that, like you know, like just as like for narrative purposes. I was like, I I don't want to have to leave like I want this to be sort of you know this is my cycle and this is what my job Mm -hmm. is and so it definitely does just that yeah part of me felt like what I really really want in this game is that there could be a point where you figure out the mechanics and the janitor gets to live a life where everything's not a struggle every single time but I don't think that's possible I think every single like there's just Nothing in the mechanics lends itself yeah. to well, that at all. I don't know. I mean, so I gave up right before Olivia beat the game. Okay. So I'm at the stage where I'm trying to gather enough money or find the right thing to trade to some adventurer to get them to get rid of the skull. Uh, but to do that, the lowest sort of monetary value you can assign to it is 600 space credits, which is like pretty decent pretty for decent, your yeah. sort of daily cycle, right? Like, you can buy food and mm-hmm. everything for around 10 credits, right? So you're yeah. you're looking at a relatively small thing. You, you can, can buy crap. Well, where did you, you can get crap yeah. for 10 credits? I would, that, that's the thing. I would have to... But the food from the vending machines, that's the stuff that usually ended up making me vomit. It depends yeah. on what you get, yeah. I kept eating the weevils. Yeah. Every day I ate the weevils because <laughs> they were like 20. I didn't even find the vending machines. Well, there's some, there's some sort of like... I don't. I guess I don't know what Street it is. Street meat too. There's something oh, I, I could. I, I could sometimes find for like six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a thing that I could eat and not vomit. And but it was so like because the vendor that sold it was different all the time. Or, or maybe sometimes yeah. there's just not isn't a vendor that sells it. And yeah. sometimes like it's not enough to satisfy you. So you yeah, have to right. still a little like hungry. the nutrient chalk, which yeah. I thought was a good. Yeah. It's a good. <laughs> it, it's like one and a half credits, but you have to eat like seven of them. Right. Well, so your explanation actually is really interesting, and I hadn't really thought through some of the ways that 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 happens. But now I'm thinking a lot about the diary, of course, which at the end of each day you're supposed to write about in your yeah. diary what what happened. And my diary was really depressing. Mm-hmm. Like, like I literally because I, I, I was feeling I, I, angry yeah. that that I was. So I I literally like day one I was like wandered the streets, picked up trash. And then day two, yeah. I went more streets, comma more trash. Okay. And it was just this like rolling. Rain. Is, I was almost like insulting. Yeah. I'm like, you really want to know what happened today? <laughs> Take a guess. <laughs> there were some more streets that I wandered, and there was trash on that. I was really hoping there would be some sort of log at the end of the game, like in the sure, credits or something. So I don't think there's yeah. any way to to get to it though, and I sort of just won it just because yeah. I know that I had some days where I was just like, f the cops. So, but forcing me every day before I was allowed to sleep to have to write in the stupid diary was like for me was like an insult i felt like i was being further humiliated for the existence i had it was like why don't you tell us about the wonderful things that happened today and and so my my reaction to the game if i had been more meditative perhaps i would have been like let me look at the the pleasures of this experience but i was just like i picked up trash i burned that trash I'm here again. Can I go to sleep? Please? That is so funny. Yeah. Like my so my thing was the same thing except at the end I always had like a 
maybe tomorrow I'll. Well, <laughs> and, but that and then the optimist. But that's why I that's why I stopped playing because I ended up thinking like every day I hope this this like it's always I always have the same hope yeah. the next day and, and it's it never it's comes. not gonna happen uh, like no matter what I do. That's not that the game's just not built for that. Right. So the the diary then becomes again based on Olivia your your wonderful kind of enlightening description. Yeah. The diary becomes a kind of crisis point, existential crisis point, right? Where you're basically looking at your life, yeah. and you're looking at this experience, and you're you're perceiving it for a long time as a sort of right until I you broke know, down. Next <laughs> season, things are going to be better. Yeah. I just immediately was enraged by the fact that I was forced to talk about an experience that I was not enjoying. Um, I did, did write you guys a saga write? of my love for Dirt Girl. Did you guys okay. meet Dirt Girl? Sorry, go ahead. Dirt Girl? No, yeah. maybe. Never There's met her. There's this one character who's in this back alley near yeah. your apartment who is a ball of dirt with eyes. Yeah. And she just goes... And once dirt and my I just wrote this giant love story about how I'm oh, falling in love with dirt girl. Awesome. I got real creative with my So that gives me like another perspective on the whole diary thing though, right? So like you were earlier talking about how you are an NPC. Um the diary to me almost feels like sort of a not a parody, but like a manifestation of the journal entries in RPGs, yeah. right? Like these NPCs that just catalog their daily, yeah, yeah. yeah. existence. Right. Yeah. yeah, and so you are doing this, and some adventurer is going to come through and find your desecrated <laughs> corpse, right? And, and your diary is going to end up in their treasure chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. their bottomless treasure chest. Right. Yeah. Forgeable collector <laughs> just can't live without that diary I found in that old janitor's <laughs> yeah. house. So Isn't it, it cute? Look at yeah. them. They fell it's, in love with their. Girl. It's interesting that you had such a kind of an angry sounded like a sort of viscerally angry I did. Yeah. reaction but to it. There were a number a, of reasons for it. Which and, and, a, and, a, and angry and sad and angry and all that uh, I kept I think because of it, because everything was so kind of just surreal and weird and because I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing I kept I never got there I mean, I would write in diary entries that were like uh, boring and wet today or really short two or three word things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kept I kept wondering what a thing was like. What do these gods do? Where is this person? And so that wonderment was kind of only tempered by the tedium of the the daily doing the same things. Um, And part of that in the background, I was kind of gaming it all going like um am i you know am i collecting enough of this is my score of this thing going up and then i just sort of started ignoring that um but there was there always seemed to be this extra next step of things like well maybe if i do this thing and i go to the dungeon which we haven't talked about but we need to um maybe if i do this and go to the dungeon i'll find something different i'm supposed to be looking for something or and one time i kind of got lost in the dungeon and i was like was that, you know, was I doing that right? Or was, is there a right? And so I think that kind mm-hmm. of confused and bemused at the same time kind of kept me from feeling angry yeah. or, or anything but kind of maybe a little bored. So yeah. about the same doing it the right way sort of thing, sort of like the same way everything did, if you go to like the help page on the main menu, it's just like, there's no wrong way to play this game. It specifically yeah. is just I like, read that. just enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, right. That's a really jerky, yeah. Yeah. Really jerky yeah. way to do. I'll enjoy uh-huh. burning trash and <laughs> going to bed hungry. Yeah. And, and so, so part of me is, is feeling 
for me, the game is redeemed partly by this discussion. So now I'm sort of thinking about because I, I was willing to afford it the the title of experimental mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. part of partly because of the experience, but now even more so because of this the, the way you guys are laying it out. Um, but part of my anger is just that um, I could not play it full screen because I'm I, either I'm at a point in my life or I have just an issue with lo-fi graphics that I had to shrink it down pretty far before I didn't feel a, a little bit of nausea the whole time I was yeah. playing it. So I had to actually go to a windowed screen and make it a small enough part of my mm, field yeah. of view. That's so, what it felt like when you so, ate those river rainbows. Exactly, so, yeah. So, so that was just part one of what was was should, frustrating. Should we explain what the graphics Oh, yeah, go ahead. Or, so, yeah. It's a, so it's a 3D game, but all of the models of... All the buildings are 3D, but all the all the people... I guess are two D sprites, yeah, yeah, that are sort of you know you you see the front of a two D sprite, like and Paper then, Mario, yeah, like like Paper Mario, exactly. Mm-hmm. Except uh, in Paper Mario, they're sort of it. There there are clues to clue your brain to thinking this is a two D thing in a three D space. There's really nothing in the game yeah. to clue you into that. It just looks like blocks that are that don't have a depth, and you're a little closer or but, a little but you know the world has depth. And so, yeah, it does. It does get a little. But there's weird. also texture tearing, which for me mm-hmm. is really yeah, problematic. Yeah, so there's a lot of like tearing and no um, anti-aliasing. I don't think. Right. And so, so the lines yeah. are all sort of staggered. And so rotating in space for me was very difficult. So, so there were some sort of physical responses that I had that made that challenging. <laughs> but it was also partly interface issues. So like the way that accessing a conversation happen for me felt unintuitive. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly sort of caught in this space where I'm partly using the mouse and partly Mm -hmm. across a, like a horizontal set of responses, which again also felt so I'm willing to sort of agree with the possibility that all of that was intentionally difficult, but also part of me was like, man, you this could have both been experimental and not so painful. So I think the UI arrangement and stuff definitely was not good. I think that was just sort of not what they were focused on. Mm-hmm. But I will say that with the like field of view and stuff like that, I do feel like that was very intentional because I think it added to you getting lost. And I yeah. think that's on purpose mm-hmm. yeah. because yeah. you would turn around a little bit and you actually turned yeah. more than you thought you yeah. did. And then because of that, it's so easy to get lost yeah. in the city. And, and, and I think that that's really important to the overall experience because yeah. there's lots of stuff like that where, uh, you know, I would, I would turn and think, Oh, this is going this direction. And then it turned out I was going the other way. Yep. And also there's areas in the game that actually loop. But it does not seem like they loop. Yeah. So no, and it, they, not only do they loop, but they'll you'll go in one door and you'll end up coming out. And it doesn't make sense on, yeah. on the opposite side of the map. Kind yeah, of. it doesn't make sense, and that's definitely. I think you're supposed to feel sort of like a stranger in a strange land, right? right? Like Small. because they do give hints that your character is not from that planet at yeah. all. Like they yep. just sort of ended up there on accident. And now they just have to deal with it because they're always talking about this reminds me of my home world mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. There's a few little references to that. Um, and so and, and when you first get there, you're just like, oh, my God, like all I know is I need to just follow the line of trash and see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. But then once you start sort of familiarizing yourself and, and they do, they did add um, on the ground. There are lots of arrows, arrows. Yep. that yeah, are really that helpful because I rely on them heavily yeah. because I would get to the point where I would recognize like three landmarks. And if I could get to one of those, I could get to this other one. That big tree. <laughs> yeah. The, there's like the giant sword. 
Yeah. There's mm-hmm. my house, and then there's like I, I don't I don't remember, but it, you know there's a few, and then I eventually expanded. You know what I was. Well, yeah, with. yeah. The 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 other two things that added to that kind of confusion, uh, that that spatial confusion, um, was all of the bright colors mm-hmm. because they're all wild, wild colors that that uh, just don't even seem almost rational in it. And the other thing was there were things in the game that would move, like the big music truck. Mm-hmm. Floaty, mm-hmm. the giant crab? like bus. Buses. Is it a horseshoe crab yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah. or a trolley. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it was. It was some weird. Yeah, because I, I almost I got wanted, hit by it. I wanted once. to get on. Yeah, it'll it like really push bad. you out. Yeah, of the way. yeah. yeah. Um, and and even that when you, I and this could have been just my general confusion, but I felt like there were times when I passed by it, and then I would turn a little bit, and it would not be where it was supposed to be anymore, or it would have gone way farther away from me, or I would be in a you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's definitely like spatially. Like I feel like it's intentionally designed to be spatially confusing. Yeah, yeah. and they, I they did that. One. It took me a while to realize that, yeah. though, right? And I thought that was really cool because I felt like, wow, this city is huge. Yeah. Like the first time, I was just like, I could just keep going. Yeah. And then I keep going, and then I'm like, I'm at my house. So. Yeah, and so so all of that makes perfect sense, and so part of it is just a my own personal affinity for experiences that sort of force existential crisis, which I'm, I'm now really believing that idea about, because now I'm thinking about not only the diary, but also the fact that you can pray in your apartment to a goddess who I'm not sure ever does anything right. for you. Right. So that's really interesting, but it's experientially for me when I think about it in comparison to other. So what's the game where you write in the diary? Is it, is it elegy to a lost world? Or elegy That's for a dead you, planet. You, you like write about what you're seeing. Yeah, elegy you write stories. Um, and then there's also Goragoa, which I had talked about mm-hmm. having for one of our months, but then didn't, and then I played it. And Goragoa has a, a massively gorgeous way of describing mm-hmm. sort of existential crisis and and things that this game's getting at. And so in my brain, I'm thinking I'd rather just be in that beautiful place. So, so part of me is acknowledging what the game is trying to do, and another part of me is just like, I just want this to stop because it's hard and it, it makes my brain tired. And I could definitely see why. Like, it's hard to play for a really long time because I would sit there and I thought I played it for like three hours, and it was like forty-five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like it's beautiful in sort of its own way. Yep. Because I was that's fair. Because uh, like just aesthetically, like the way that the, the all the different you know species, like the sounds that they make, and it's yeah. so weird yeah. because they're simultaneously really cute and really sinister. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, because Everything they'll say these that. like horrible things to yeah. you, but they're just like this little mouse person or something. And even yeah. the goddesses had a, yeah. a weird like, um, I'm worshiping this thing for whatever that's worth, but and I don't know like, why. It does right. it seems sinister and? All of that at the same time. But, but yeah. I, the, the part that it really clicked with me that I... Because at first I was like, oh, my, this is really wonky. When I first started playing it, I was just like, what is happening? But then I kept playing, and eventually I got to the festival day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fide. The day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I That was my second day, weirdly. I think it always is, actually. But I got, and I walked around, and I was just, like, in wonder yeah. at that mm-hmm. point. I was just, like, the music and everybody singing, and I was just, I, and I was immediately, like, I want to see this whole spaceport now. Yeah. I just was, felt, like, in love with it. So let me bounce this back. Uh-huh. So to further my, this is my enlightenment that's happening. So my experience was actually, I felt more angry on the festival day. (laughs) Because here's the thing. So more happy, excited people were all around me. And I, 
And I had already figured out by that point that talking to other people mostly told me about stuff I couldn't afford or told me about the happiness they were experiencing that I wasn't a part of. You're still picking up your tracks that they're throwing in the ground. Because I have a very clear memory of this sort of happy-looking purple, I think, woman, but I'm not sure, kind of dancing her way down the street. And and I, I think we almost sort of brushed by each other. And by that point, I was like, I'm not talking to anybody. I am just going to burn as much trash as I can today so there's a chance that I can afford decent food tomorrow. Yeah. And I, so, so that experience for mm-hmm. me was really different. <laughs> so I think part of what I'm acknowledging is that I, I was embedded in that way in what they were trying to accomplish. That that, that actually yeah. worked for me, but my response to it was pretty negative mm-hmm. because I was just like – I. I want, I'm at a moment in my life where I'm stressed out in my real life. And so I want games to just bring me to a place where I can can inject, (laughs) I just want to inject a little bit of, you know, morphine into my neck so that I can be at peace. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I think it was really challenging. Or eat an eyeball. Or eat an eyeball that makes me woozy and makes the screen even more difficult for my brain to process. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I would be interested for anyone in the audience to comment on... You know, whether or not, I mean, can a game still be a game? And I think we all have our own opinions on this, but can a, can a game still be a game and not be fun? Can, like, is it still a game even though it was basically miserable to play? I enjoyed this game even though I did not enjoy the actual experience of playing the game. So that's a good point yeah. that dovetails into what I've been sitting, what I've been thinking, listening yeah. to you say this. We've. This is our third review of a game, and in all three of the games that we've done so far, we've talked about how there were, especially with everything, and a little bit, not as much, but a little bit with uh, with uh, Nantucket. Nantucket. I was thinking Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> that there were certain parts of it that were so frustrating that it either frustrating or unsettling or. Um, I don't even know uh, uh, that, that that made you look at it in a, in a certain way, or made you look at yourself, or your life, or whatever else, and start in an uncomfortable way. Mm-hmm. Uh, elements of the game that made you uncomfortable, whether uh, physically because the 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 frame rate was weird and made you sick at your stomach, or uh, in a bigger picture thing like whatever uh, with everything, um, you know, all of that introspection. So my question out of this is. What's up with what's up with we've picked three games so far? Is it us? No, no, no. Is it, well, that's the question. Is it how much of it is us? How much of it is that there are these games that have that kind of depth right now? How much of it is the fact that we just gravitate towards maybe picking those kinds of games? How much of it is just that that's not in the game at all, and <laughs> we're we're, just we're bringing that we're bringing that to the game. Um, <laughs> this podcast is going to turn into a, thera- a self-help therapy session kind here of. as we yeah. go along, which, which is great and fine. Um, but I just, I just wondered so. that because that seems to come up uh, and, and we've played three very, very, very different games from each other so I, far. I think a lot I, the, a common theme about the three games that we played is sort of that they can be appreciated just as game design enthusiasts. I mean, we're game designers, but there are people that are not game designers who are passionate about game design and they would appreciate it. So that set of people would enjoy all three of these games. And then there are subsects of pretentious people and (laughs) and different ones of them would have enjoyed 
a different one of the three games. Like, not every pretentious person would enjoy everything Nantucket and right. Spiders of a Spaceport Janitor, but anybody that, I don't know, is hyperactive and uses Tumblr every second of every day, probably loves Diary of a Spaceport Janitor, but would be bored to death by Nantucket. Right, mm-hmm. right. But anybody that is just super crazy about English literature and the, you know, what you can do with a narrative versus in a game versus in some narwhals. Right. They, they, right. They would love Nantucket. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see that. Yeah. I just think that all the games that we've been looking at, we look at because there's something interesting about them. Right. Just, but, but it's weird that it's bringing out a somewhat similar, uh, uh, reaction mm-hmm. and touching touch like a touchstone for something like that. Every time. Well, I think that's because the three games that we chose are are so far are games that like people really put. Um, I guess this is kind of cliche, but like, they put their heart and soul into it. Like they yeah. they really thought about the mechanics yeah. and the story and how it can all like be cohesive together. Definitely, they didn't think things through, especially in this game and Nantucket. The UI was sort of mm-hmm. a secondary thing. In Nantucket, at least, they, they thought about the hand-drawing aspect of it and stuff like that. But it still was pretty frustrating to use. Well, I wondered about that when you were saying, um, uh, when, when you were, the, the part about when you go to the help menu, and it specifically says, do whatever you want, when we know that that's kind of a lie, right? That that's They still that's, give you a goal. Yeah. yeah. You still but, have a to-do list. So, so I was imagining when you said that, that the game designers were sitting around a brainstorming table, probably similar to this one, Thinking, yeah, we could, then we could put that in. We could put this help menu in that <laughs> yeah. says just uh-huh. basically is uh, giving you the finger. Yeah. So I want to say that I read an interview with the designer of this game where he said that they want people to be frustrated, like that he finds glee in okay. people <laughs> saying that they were frustrated. I may have made that up because <laughs> I, I have this view of like whoever designed this game like twiddling their mustache, <laughs> like, yes, and then I'll make them do this terrible thing. Right. So maybe I made that up. I'll make them eat their uh, own vomit. I really feel like that was that may have been a goal. Like, right. I mean, that makes total sense to me, though, because it is a game about like subverting your expectations right. about games, right? Your first sort of flirtation with adventure, uh, you know, you're, you start out the game, you're doing your janitor thing, and it's like something in the dungeon calls to yeah. you. And of course, as a gamer, we all want to do it. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely. the opening for every game ever. Yeah. yeah. But the twist is, this time you hate your life for the rest of the game, trying to get rid of this one thing. Yeah. Because it took your already meager budget, and now you have to spend your money finding these these idols or buying smut for some gelatinous cube, just so right. you can get all these pieces of the puzzle mm-hmm. together. Uh, you know, it sort of takes you and just smacks you in the face right at the very beginning for having any desire to go yes. on an adventure. It's a game, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, for, for any gaming. So let me let me provide a bit of helpful uh, instruction to people who may play by also responding to that. So I played twice before I got to the dungeon. So the first two times I played, I did not realize that you had to sleep before you could save. So I played through an entire first day, and I was like, "Oh, that dungeon thing!" But I'm supposed to be picking up trash, so I spent all the was all around the day. Did you off? Before? Yeah, I did as much as I could, and I was like walking around and doing stuff. And then I'm like, "I, I don't really want to go to the dungeon." And they were like, "You have to eat an eyeball if you're going to the dungeon." I don't really want to eat an eyeball, so I'm like, "I'll just come back later." And then I came back, and it just said, "New game." <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Okay." Uh, yeah. 
I'll try again. And then I went around for a while, and then I was like, okay, I still don't really want to go to the dungeon, but something's going to happen, I guess. So then I saved, and then I came back, and I was like, okay, I guess I have to go to the dungeon because now I'm in a new game for the third time. So I went down, and, and so part of that is instruction partly to, if you're going to play, make sure you get far enough <laughs> sure. to, to sleep because otherwise all of your progress is lost. But the other part that I found fascinating is when I finally went to the dungeon, I was like, oh, here are the opening credits. And I yeah. thought, oh, uh -huh. wow, I've been really <laughs> missing yeah. out because clearly, um, and again, about the subversion issue, this huge sort of, without spoiling it too much, they make it this incredible moment where you're like, oh, I finally arrived at the adventure, only to right. have Instantly that all. Instantly get cursed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I, about the subversion thing, like, that's why I really desperately want this to be about, about lower class people and about, like, how mental illness becomes a secondary thing. Like, I want something big like that to be a deliberate point on their part it has because to be. otherwise it, a game that's just about subversion then i'm in joe's camp and i'm just this is just frustrating like all you did was frustrate that's, me for the but purpose why? because why but why that difference okay i i think because if all you want to do is frustrate people can we curse on this podcast <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> then that just makes you an asshole <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter that you want to make the point like it okay great you've proven that you can frustrate me yeah, like games that try to be good frustrate me. So like it's not hard. Like I get that you've you've proven that games can frustrate, fine. But if you can use that frustration to express a different thing, then you've used it artfully. If all your goal is to do is just frustrate me, that's not hard. And, and be a troll. Right. Yeah. But let me just modify that slightly. Yeah. I know I just talk, so I feel like no, I'm stealing. Do it, but do it. So while I, before I came in the last bit about the going underground and the beginning of the game, I was thinking a lot about the sort of about art history, right? So there is a kind of history to game design that's interesting, right? So because I was thinking about the games that I play now that part of my brain really likes because they'll do things like label stuff as junk. So they'll be like, this stuff is junk. Mm -hmm. You're not ever going to need it. And in fact, now there's a button that just lets you take all that stuff and turn it into money yeah. so that you can get back to the stuff you really want to do, which is find some gems to put on the hilt of that sword so that it's slightly more fiery, <laughs> you know? And so there's a part of my brain that, that craves that. Yeah. And so from a kind of design history standpoint, we started out with very little of that. And over time that's grown. Like, so the use of a mini map, for instance, yeah. the use of pointers on the map that say your next quest is here. So when you turn around, you'll see a little arrow and you just follow that arrow. You're going to get to the place you need to be. You don't ever have to really yeah. wander or be confused or, and in the old days, the gamer in me who's 46 is like, in my day, <laughs> we had to wander and, and it was all text. Think it was all text <laughs> and you didn't know where you were. But at the same time, when confronted with somebody who's taking that design history and, and doing a kind of, um, this is not a, a Magritte, like a sort of Magritte response, a postmodernist response who says, let me put this up for your viewing and let's see how silly it is uh -huh. when we revert. So part of me thinks that can be a, a legitimate defense for that to okay. say, look, I'm going to expose the parts of this, this part, this narrative, this art sure. that people take for granted. So that they can see it for what it is, which is a okay. construction. Okay, yeah. So that, that so yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah. That then that would be them doing it artfully, I guess. But I feel like 
I guess what you just described, yeah. I almost feel like they're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> but I Am I giving them are. too much credit? So, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving them too much credit by doing this whole depression and class thing. Like, that, their goal might just have been, let's see how angry we can make people. I don't think that's the case. So. Well, so. like, the not. class thing is definitely there. Yeah. You yeah. are the only janitor. Yeah. Everybody else can afford to buy these right. 2,000 right. credit and everybody pieces looks of down on yeah. you so much. Yeah, they uh, call you names. You. Not yeah. everybody. When, There's some people that are like, good work. Well, yeah, but like, like two of them. Yeah, exactly. Like 99% <laughs> yeah. of the people you encounter. Like dirt girl. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the oh. game is definitely like tackling like social issues, like yeah. pretty directly. I mean, there's the not so subtle thing of your gender shifts every other day, roughly, and you have to take, you have to, in some way, yeah. pay money to participate as a given gender, right? right? Like you, you are spending money to do that, and that seems so, to be something that makes <clears throat> you different from everyone else right. too, because they, I know that they described like, how did they describe the like main character and like the little line text on she's Steam. A, it's like, like she's a, a girl beast. Yeah, yeah girl yeah. beast. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, at the same time, that's not that different than buying, like, cosmetics right. to, to express your gender, like, in everyday life. Well, um, what I really liked about that, is, I've had this conversation, I mean, it's, it's a conversation that has been talked about in sci-fi all the time, is, like, somehow all alien races that we encounter in movies and in books, they, they're always male and female. That doesn't really make any sense. Like, life on Earth evolved for that to be the case. There's no reason to mm-hmm. expect that to right. happen. So it's not really, even all life did, right? I right. Mean, just exactly. on this planet. Exactly. So so it's it's cool to be like, well, this is a completely alien world and there's like a million genders. Like that feels more true sci-fi to me. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not just that, like you're, you're being catcalled and harassed by yeah. half the people you talk yep. to. Um, all these different aliens and I mean, the, just the struggle to like improve your social situation in any way. Uh, I mean, they're at least like trying to make some kind of a point about that. That's I don't true. know. That's true. How how in depth that that goes? But I think it's just it, inhabiting it. Right? Could it have yeah. been both? Like we want to yes. put all of this stuff about gender <laughs> and about class <laughs> and about uh, in some ways poverty, hunger. We want to do that in there, and we want to make it really frustrating, almost to the level of we're being jerks about it. Well, that well, that's what I hope because if, if that's the case, if they're doing all that and being jerks about it, then it's like, then that's the then that's the point. Like having to deal with all this stuff sucks, and right. now that you've dealt with all of it, you feel how much it sucks. Right. But if if all but if if the point was to be frustrating and all the rest was window dressing, then I would have to say you're. Just an asshole. <laughs> but I don't but, think it is. But I don't, I don't, think I don't it feel is. like yeah. it is either. Okay. So, yeah. Because I'm glad I've, I'm glad we worked through that. But now, <laughs> now I feel better about them as people. To talk about a diff- sort of different game, I don't know if you guys have heard of, and I haven't played it, Getting Over It with Ben and mm. Foddy. Yeah, yeah. Another I've recent frustration game, right? Uh, have you seen it at all, mm. Robbie? So in case you yeah. haven't heard of it, it's this game <laughs> where it, it's really bizarre. You're this person in a pot in a pot with a hammer with a hammer and your goal is to climb <laughs> yep uh-huh. with the whole time the the, the game designer bennett potty mm-hmm. narrates it yep and it's inc- it's purposely immensely frustrating because yeah. if you mess up once you fall all the yep. way back down to the mm-hmm. bottom and it's sort of the whole point because his narrative builds up about this whole like experiential thing with i mean i i haven't heard the whole thing but it's supposedly it's actually really interesting because it's about getting over it right mm-hmm. 
And so I feel like frustration is just a mechanic in some, and so with a lot of indie games mm-hmm. now, and, it is, and with like streamer culture, it's a thing that is people think, look at as a challenge, right? Right, right? So that's, I might be, yeah. yeah. And the truth is, I mean, so, you know, we've all probably rage quit our own games you know, oh, yeah. at different times. And so what's interesting to me, and I, I just want to keep thinking about this idea of subversion too, because there's partly applying lots of interesting social issues. But again, I, I just, I, I'm intrigued by the kind of history of design and the history of experience design. So game design is a kind of experience mm-hmm. design, right? We're hopefully design and kind of modeling an experience for people. So I am intrigued by people who take a kind of artistic risk to say, look, here's what everyone's doing right now. I'd like to push at those mechanics in a way that makes us think about them as mechanics rather than as just the way things have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the other part of it that's interesting is that, so I I generally really like playing roguelikes, you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and roguelikes, part of what I love about them is that hanging over me all the time is the sword of, of dying and losing everything right. that has come before. And that instant frustration but but, but at it the also, same time, that it's the exhilaration of yes. it because and so I think getting all the way back to what we were talking about earlier, I think what really hit me about this was was the the hopelessness of it. It felt I think that's what really triggered me emotionally, and I don't mean triggered in the sense of like yeah, yeah. trauma triggered, but mm-hmm. just that that I it became pretty clear to me not too long into the game that I wasn't sure I would ever get out of my current situation and. I I thought, well, is this a situation? How long can I tolerate this situation? I thought that whereas, actually really early in the game. Yeah. Uh, and so, whereas with a roguelike, yes, I might die. And I might lose everything. But I'm losing everything with with this hope yeah, yeah. of, you know, and, and so skating through stuff, you know, with one hit point or having been hit by 47 things, then there's a kind of joy to that success. And, and so... Again, that's that's just more on the subversion stuff. I still feel like that hope was there, but not in a mechanical sense or in any sort of game-like sense. <laughs> so where, like, I know where that was I, it? I, <laughs> I Tell me where like it was. There, I want to know. In her diary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel not like, in my diary. You, you bring it yourself. <laughs> I feel like there was always, like, I, I clearly have to persist just in case I can get out of the situation. Okay. So that's... And a lot of that is sort of in the world building, um, in okay. how they you sort of the things that you find and in, in just sort of the way that the character narrates mm. the things that they find because you're yeah. finding stuff like here's some real estate listings yeah. oh they're off planet maybe the next one will have a better apartment that I yeah. can go buy yeah. and it's like maybe the next day you know yeah. I, I felt like that more in this game how much different would this game be if those tiny otherwise insignificant choices actually did something and maybe maybe they didn't like say got you a, a quote unquote better apartment but having a better apartment really doesn't change the fact that you're the lowest on the totem pole and you're picking up trash mm. or, you know, that that or really making the gods worth worshiping, you know, so that you actually got a thing out of it. So you that your little sound effect. Well, your experience, <laughs> your experience, your narrative experience kind of throughout the game would be different if you worship this god, yeah. whereas if you played it another time worshiping this one, you have, and it doesn't, wouldn't have to be anything major, but just like moving you down that path. I wonder how much different this game would 
would, yeah. would be. And so here's the thing that's fascinating about what you just said to me is that so the biologically in terms of our evolution, it, it seems that being able to construct narratives is it's evolutionarily beneficial to us. And part of that is that we can construct an experience for us that has hope. And so th- I'm going to I'm going to worse than swearing. I'm going to say if you don't believe in something bigger than randomness in the universe, which I'm not sure I do, um, that hope only can come from, you know, right. these sort of fantastical adventures. Right. So I go play Witcher three and I'm like, OK, for a little while, I can forget that the universe is random and that nothing good or bad will ever happen except randomly. Um, but as a human, I need those stories to generate something for me. So what's fascinating about what you said is that the game wasn't giving that to you. So you like took those bits of hope, like the tiny bits of hope, and you're like, okay, maybe this will be good. Um, but I was just waiting for the next festival, man. <laughs> but so here's ready the thing. to stay up past curfew. But in traditional narratives, the characters like what you're describing are the ones that we pity. And so for me, that's a powerful kind of statement on subverting narrative, right? So we see the character who's like, you know, something that good's going to happen soon. And But as an outside viewer, we're like, honey, no, yeah. no, like, it's not. You know, like, You're, he's going to beat you again. So it, it feels you... like throwing your money in the wishing well, right? Yeah, Cause yeah. Like, you, can see, you can even pay the, like, psychics to, like, read your fortune mm-hmm. or whatever. And they don't tell you any more information than yep, you can right. get just by going to your house. Yep. And no, there's no. lots of little instances of that, yeah. too. See, I think I would disagree with you, Joe, just a little bit. No, that's okay. Uh, and I would say that we we probably don't typically pity them, but it's that they don't remain that character, right? Like, that character is usu- usually the sad protagonist at the beginning of it, the poor orphan right. who has to live uh, under the stairs and is beaten and blamed for everything. But then they do get that... Right, right, awesome. Because they're a wizard. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In terms of protagonists, <clears throat> yes. Well, yes. In terms but that's, of that's, secondary yeah. characters, and that's exactly. So right. I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So I would make that exact distinction. So, right. so if you're the hero, yeah, you do have hope, <laughs> and everybody knows that Hollywood's not going to make a movie about you in which, in the end, you die. Because we made those movies in the '70s, and people were okay with them, but now <laughs> nobody's okay with them. Yeah. So, but. I also think, though, in the best Hollywood tales, we also see the person who's on the sidelines, who's never, ever going to be anywhere but yeah. here. And that's that's the character I felt like. Right. And, and that's because... Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. It, it goes back to, I feel like I'm the NPC. And yeah. they go yeah. through so many yeah. lengths to make you feel that way by showing you all of these adventurous things that are not for you. So right. it's very transparent that you are not the main character in the story. Yeah. Well, because and you, you don't know who that. is, and yeah. you may not even meet them. You have that fleeting call to action, right? When you're like, I have to go into the dungeon. Like, I feel this. And then it passes you. Like, it, it screwed up your life. It messes you. It, yeah. It's... And yeah. Now, yeah, now you don't get to go off and have this wonderful adventure. So, talking about the goddesses, they even have that moment. I don't know if if you guys noticed this, but when the door opens to Mm -hmm. the dungeon, you see, like, the silhouette of the goddess that you chose in the background. Immediately, I was like, oh, this goddess is going to speak to me and tell me I'm the chosen one. And then it's just a shadow. (laughs) And that's it. And I think that that's the only thing that the goddess you choose has. Like, that's the only effect that they have in the game is that projection that yeah. you think that they're going to be there to give you so, so there are a lot of ways that they could have given a game I mean I've even told you this idea before about let's make a game where you are the, the NPC 
or those those games where you run a weapon shop <laughs> yeah. for all the adventurers <laughs> yeah, right? they show that, up. That, <laughs> that plays with that idea, subverts that idea kind of. Um, honestly, just about every time I've ever had that idea of how could I make a game that's centered on the NPCs, I immediately realized that's really boring. That's that's this seems like a much more it's it's it, it subverts that idea so extremely. I think, mm-hmm. in addition to all the crazy graphics and the kind of surrealism of it, that I think it it other it, without doing all that, I don't think it could have gotten that idea. But here's the thing too, just extending that idea. So there are an, a number of stories which take that idea by turning the NPC into a hero, right? right. So Wreck-It Ralph does that. Right. Tron right. does that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, I know some of you have not seen this, but when you get around to seeing the USS McAllister episode of Black Mirror, it does something incredibly different with NPCs. Huh. And so it's worth watching just for that. Um, but so even when we take NPCs, if we're going to make a Hollywood picture about them, they have to go from lowly right. nothing who repeats day after day being the mm-hmm. smashy guy in a video game to being yeah. getting the medal, right? I mean, that's what Wreck-It mm-hmm. Ralph really dreams about. I mean, even a hobbit is an NPC. Yeah, exactly. He's right. Not, he's he's not a, he built a little bit, bit of, you know, he's not a guy who takes adventures. He just wants to keep his house clean, mm-hmm. not have the dwarves make, the, break too the many dishes. That is yeah. one thing that I think is really brilliant about this game is I feel like I actually felt like the NPC, but I still felt like I was doing something. And I personally, like, really enjoy it. I, I really didn't have... <laughs> Like for some reason, I was just like, I want to see the spaceport and right. meet these people. Yeah, I had some of that too. You know, yeah. like that was my main reaction. Yeah. And eventually, I got to the point where I was just like, Hey, George, what's up? <laughs> you know, where I've been there forever, and then right. it just became became tedium yes. after that. Go, yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess tying all that together, and probably ultimately why I left the game, like the part of finding hope in the game was things like when you mentioned like the festival. There would be, there are like predictable events, and so it, it, there were times where it's like, well, I know when this happens, I'll be able to find really good food on the ground, and I'll be able to find like really mm-hmm. cool stuff to like, you know, leave at the temples and stuff. That sort of almost too closely mimics like real life. Like if you've ever had like a dead end job that you just hate, it, like it's like okay, but Saturday is gonna come, and then I can go sure. hang out with my buddies, and that's gonna be cool, sure. and that's I'm just living for that. And or wow. while I'm taking this person's plate back to the kitchen, right? Because I can eat three bites of this sandwich before I get it back there. Yeah, no I mean, one's gonna know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've, I've had jobs like nobody that. but so, my hepatitis yeah. doctor will know. <laughs> right? Exactly. And so, like, uh, you know, yep. Truthfully speaking, mm-hmm. in real life, most people are like you're just an NPC, mm-hmm. and wow. the things that you do just suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. You have to find your own. You have to find your own. <laughs> We're ending the podcast on a high yeah. note. Yeah. yeah. Just, so just for the little, record, though, it is a high note, though, because you have to find your own. Yeah. Yes. You construct your own narrative. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. And so, if we can edit out the part where I said the universe was random, so that we don't get you know <laughs> bat, har- harassed, let's edit that part out later. Leave it. But this is sure exactly the point I, I felt like I was I'm yeah. trying to was trying to make earlier is that. Our brains are designed to construct stories which give us a meaning for doing the things we do. That's how we sustain ourselves as humans. Even if those stories turn out to have no meaning at all, it doesn't matter because they help us believe in something bigger than this little corner of the spaceport where we keep our... And so so I actually, I, I wanted to have that feeling. 
And I think initially I did because for the first little while I was like, I know that there's a broken trigger on this pistol, but I'm going to keep it because maybe I'll find a piece that fixes it and then I'm going to have my own pistol. And I'll keep this sword because it's rusty, but maybe I can clean it up. I just burn it. But then later I was like, there's you no room in, in my backpack. Box, <laughs> that moment when you pull it out of your storage box and into the incinerator. <laughs> the first, the cool oh, thing crap, that you found, too tired you realize it's worthless. Yeah. yeah, so that, uh, I felt like, you know, I mean, so I'm going to, I'll make one last movie reference. And I don't, <laughs> we don't have to do a spoiler here, but so the Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. Is a, is a sort of fascinating tale of this. And I won't spoil it at all for people who haven't seen it. But it's precisely that kind of tale that I, that the part of me that wanted to hope was hoping for. Yeah. But there was a point at which I thought, I am, I'm not, I'm not going to get out of this job. <laughs> and so that, and then I felt like, okay, so now I'm just doing this as an exercise. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became hard for me to, for me to care as much. Side so note then, to that, no. listeners, if you haven't seen The Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> Stop this podcast now and go watch it because it's it's a fantastic, delightful movie. So what you're saying is, in playing the game, you were you oh, crap. You were getting busy living, and then you, uh, you uh, got nice. busy dying. That's goddamn right. <laughs> we got it. We got to the reference. So, did you get to the point to where the goal to like? get rid of the curse didn't even matter like because you was it because you had the instinct that afterwards it wasn't going to change or was it just because yeah so partly i didn't think of the curse i mean you guys said this early like i didn't think of it in the as a curse Mm -hmm. like i thought oh crap cool i have a friend yeah i got this thing following me but that's not really what I'm, sp- I'm about. I'm like, man, I need to get enough money to get a decent piece of food so that I don't yep. feel like strange later, all day. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And so I was just like, okay, the skull's there. I don't care about the skull. I, I'm going to find everything I can. I'm going to burn all of it, and I'm going to see how much money I get. And after a couple of days of getting 27 measly credits uh-huh. for, like, I scoured that, that. I went everywhere. And I was like, well, maybe the stuff will reappear, so I'll go back there. And I went until the sun went down, and I was yeah. like... And they're like, man, you're really tired. Your battery's dead. You can't burn anything yeah. else today. And I'm just like, but I don't have enough stuff burned to earn enough money <laughs> to yeah. buy some decent food tomorrow. You know, I, I think that there were mechanics. And I, I felt like, I'm not sure this, but I felt like there were mechanics in the game that made that happen no matter what. Yeah. You mm. never had enough money. Yeah. You never quite, no matter how yep. good of a day you had, yep. there was the cop would come bust up. you up or something <laughs> else would happen. You're out past yeah. curfew. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just felt like, what's that? I'm making all the movie references today. Um, Michael um, Douglas made that film where he goes into the fast food restaurant. Falling down. Falling down. Fall, yeah, yeah, and he snaps. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole, yeah, so that's kind of where I started to head <laughs> out. <laughs> so like, if there were a way to start killing people sure, in this sure. game, I you would have killed them. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor Part 2. Yes. <laughs> that's the deal. So if I had been more creative, I would have started, started putting that in my diary. I would have yeah. been like, today I just wanted to murder someone. Maybe I'll figure out a way to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe if I pick up enough knives, <laughs> I can fuse them into I can a million knives. Knife. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I, the, so the skull is interesting because, like I said, it was super. Like I ignored it most of the game, but that moment where I had gave it up and had to walk away, I was just like, come back. <laughs> 
So, oh. but that's interesting that I feel like most of us, at least, like, it was just super in the background. And it wasn't quickly, very core to the experience. Very like, quickly, I do, it stopped yeah. me, I, being meaningful. I do feel like there's some meaning there to it, whether yeah. it's mental in- illness or it's just the fact that, like, if it's just the point that this is the least of your worries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I I was thinking about that a lot. I'm like, why is the skull in the game? Why? I mean, yeah. I, real quick, I know we've kind of... Oh, yeah. We've got plenty of time, but, uh, you know... Being having transitioned, hold your applause from uh, kind of <laughs> lower class to like lower middle class, uh, and still experiencing anxiety and depression, like it, it's it costs money to deal with that stuff, yeah. Mm. And like life is a struggle no matter what, but it's like it's hard to deal with it when you're literally worried about like just meeting rent and bills and stuff. Yeah. Like it just doesn't it just doesn't matter. Yeah. So I really like that interpretation. It's sort of like I mean it is sort of like a privilege to get to yeah. deal with the skull. Like yeah. you you have satisfied like you've really figured out the mechanics and you've really figured out how to mm-hmm. meet your needs. Now you can deal with the skull. Yeah. And it also draws from another not so much from real life but also another narrative strand which is the character who dreams of adventure but is always told that that's not their place mm-hmm. yeah. right? which also has real life yeah you know i mean so i i saw hidden figures not too long ago which is an interesting film about that kind of like here's the best you can hope for you know here's your job like why don't you pick a job from this list because these are the things that you can do because of your color or your gender or your whatever but it makes me think of a character actually from rat queens from a recent episode um who has that exact problem it's like she basically sees the rat queens and she's like I want to be an adventurer. And her dad's like, yeah, no, that's, you're just going to keep serving beer here in the, and so that idea of sort of having that dream and then have being reminded that when you tried, yeah, that's the, that's what happened. And so thank God you could get back to your place and do what you're supposed to right. do. Um, Cause guess what? If you weren't there, who would be cleaning up all that trash? Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of, I, I noticed that there is no, you don't see any no. other janitors. It's just, you. yeah. But so that narrative is strong as well. That idea of like, you tried to push further than you're de- you deserve, either your class or something right. else. And thank goodness you were shown the light and that you should just get back to doing what, yeah. what you're, you know, doing your being in your right place. And so I, for me, that's a powerful interpretation that kind of I think yeah. in, is in line with what you're saying as well. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, I know we're out of time. I won't say anything else. Should we well, do closing thoughts? Yeah, closing thoughts, everybody. Uh, and then you'll go finish. Ahead. Uh, well, yeah, let's start with you. We'll go around the table and end with Robbie because he's got something to say about next month. Oh, yeah, so I, I'll just say that I first picked this game partly because it just looked really weird and interesting, but also partly because it sort of, I feel like, can inform some interesting things on some, as designers, ideas we've had about exploring city spaces and encountering all these things and sort of just engaging in a space and being part of it. Um, and I feel like it did some interesting things in regard to that. And overall, I, I don't know. I felt really satisfied getting through it. And for some small part of me wants to go back and keep burning trash. But then I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. So that, that's sort of my takeaways. I, I just, I, I felt, I felt simultaneously hopeless and hopeful like the whole time. And now it's over and the skull's gone. And that makes me sad. 
<laughs> so now I'm, I'm questioning my own ambition in life. <laughs> I'm afraid I was way too comfortable with, with just burning trash. I was like, well, no, I feel like I'm making progress and there's hope for the future. Like, it's fine. I did not have the, that sort of existential frustration of, uh, of my lot in Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor, so... We are going to graduate school now. So. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> I, I, I felt the same way, Tanner. I, I, it didn't give me the kind of visceral uh, reaction that, that I think Joe had or Joe described. Um, it was fun and interesting. I, I did have this feeling of sort of wonderment through a lot of it of, oh, well, what's going to happen next until I just sort of kind of got bored with it a little. So I'll say that this conversation really turned me around on it. So I actually think now it's an excellent example of a game that can tell us an awful lot about what experimental games can do. And that it can tell us a lot about how to experiment with narrative and subverting narrative, how to experiment with mechanics and subvert those, and how to experiment with encountering social issues in a way that has some meaning through the experience. And so all of that for me... Because I re reacted strongly to it, I couldn't see any of that. Um, but now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, that's all pretty useful and important. And it makes me happy that, that I experienced it. Mm -hmm. Because it, it gives me, a, as a designer, some new things to express. So thanks for that. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's an experimental, weird game. And I'm really happy that there's like a community that loves this game. Like they they make fan art about it. There's People some still cool play fan it. Art. Yeah, yeah it, I saw a speed run of it too. Yeah, <laughs> like that's awesome. Like I'm really that's glad great. that such a weird game has an audience, and I think there, that we need more of that um, in the indie game space. Um, Good job, but developer I, Sunday month. Yes, I just realized I haven't mentioned that. Really yeah, time. and I I hope or I hope that a lot of the things that I read into it were purposeful because if so then good job and if not then you're just an asshole <laughs> <laughs> and with that Robbie's going to tell us about next month so next month we'll be playing a game called uh, Near Automata or Nier Automata you can if pronounce it however you like and it's uh, sort of a, a more traditional game it's definitely a AAA game it plays a little bit like um an action hack and slash kind of game, but there's a lot of really interesting narrative stuff going on in it. Um, and you play an android killing robots, uh, trying to uh, preserve the earth for the human race. And so we will talk about that next month. Awesome. Thanks everybody for joining. Please, please, if you've played the game, any of our games that we've done, uh, leave us some comments, join the conversation. We would love, love, love to hear from you and what you thought about all of these games that we've been talking about. One more thing, Robbie. You can even send us an email if you don't want to leave a comment at playlittlerockgames at gmail.com. There we go. All right. Until next month, thanks for joining us and have a good time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>